Welcome to Hannah's Heart. So Hannah, she's just one of the women who did struggle with infertility in the Bible. No matter who we are, we can be inspired by the fact that Hannah took her pain to God and God heard her and was with her. So when she was praying at the temple, she had been weeping and not eating and her lips were moving, but her eyes were closed and the priest was like, why are you drunk at the temple? Because <laughs> yeah. it can become an obsession when you want Wanting a child so deeply. And desiring that baby and to be a mama. Every holiday, every Mother's Day. This is not a show that's going to promise you a certain outcome. But this is a show that says, however God answers your cry, we know that He's enough. Hi, I'm Kendra, and this is Hannah's Heart on American Family Radio. And Anne is not with us today, but I am joined in studio with some excellent guests, which we'll get to them in just a moment. But I am so excited about today's theme. Today we are going to be talking about how do we respond when you feel that God is redirecting your dreams. So specifically how that relates to infertility and miscarriage is, you know, maybe you've been praying for a biological child or you think that that child is going to come in a certain way, and God is subtly moving your heart um, to redirect your dreams to another dream that He has for you. And who better to have on than um, Amy Suddeth and her amazing husband, Adam. And I got to tell you a little history on these two, because long before I was married, long before I knew I was going to struggle with infertility, the Lord put this family in my life. And um, I, I came to work for American Family Association almost oh, 12, 13 years ago, and I was asked, I was just a little, um, I, right out of college, <laughs> no experience in filmmaking, and was asked to produce a film that would be about infertility and a woman's struggle. And the film is actually called Paper Dream. If you want to go see it, um, you can go to streaming.afa.net. And you can watch that film. Um, it's also on Amazon Prime and on YouTube. Um, or you can buy it on our on our AFA store. But um, anyway, so this film is about um, a woman who had to surrender her um, desire to have a biological child and, and how God was redirecting her heart. And I knew nothing of that topic, not even being married at the time. And um, I met this amazing couple who also worked at AFA and got to interview Amy Suddeth and hear about her, at that point, it had been 10 years of struggling with infertility. So let me go ahead and welcome them to the show. Welcome, you guys. Thank you. (laughs) I just want to thank you all. You guys don't even know. I didn't know that I was going to struggle with infertility and that God was going to use some specific things that you spoke into my life, Amy, that I would remember 10 years later (laughs) and was some lessons that I learned from just talking to you then about laying laying down my heart's desires, and that has helped me tremendously on my journey, and I think our audience has a lot to learn from you guys. Adam's tearing up already. (laughs) He said, you're going to have to have the tissues. (laughs) You guys, this family has an incredible story, and I don't want to, I don't want to have a spoiler alert, but I have had 10, um, 10 or 11 years of watching God's beautiful beautiful plan play out in your life as child after child has been added to the Suddeth family. After child after child. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to get into all of those details, but um, I, uh, so just, this is so fun. So I interviewed Amy off the record, right? But I happened to record it over, over 10 years ago for this, for this project. 
And just recently, I found the file of the the secret hidden file. (laughs) (laughs) And here's what's so beautiful, as I know the ending of your story now, but we interviewed you in the middle. Like, you did not know what was going to happen. Not at all. So I actually have a couple clips I want to play for you guys, and I want you to respond and fill the audience in on where God has brought you through this journey. So we're going to go ahead and play clip one, and this is Amy's voice you're going to hear as well as mine. I've been prophesied over by two different people that have told me, you know, that God's going to open up your womb mm. and or God's going to give you a child. God's going to give you a son. And I sit there and think, mm. you know, well, the doctors just told me you, you can't have kids. Right. And I mean, and I know that God's not, <coughs> God's not one of those that's going to say this and then it's not going to happen. But then I started to question, well, are they right? Mm-hmm. You know, I've been married for 10 years now and nothing. About three months ago, we were at church. I was at church, and I was at the altar praying. And I was really just trying, I was really struggling trying to break through with God. And I was off talking to God, and this lady walks up to me, and she just hugs me. You know, and I wasn't even really thinking about it at the time. I was just, my mind was, I had started, I guess, not really accepting it, but I was becoming more okay with it, you know. And this lady comes up to me, and she says, I don't think you're going to have to adopt. God's going to give you your own child through pregnancy. And and I know she meant well, Mm -hmm. but unless God tells me that, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to be able to believe that from from somebody that, and I'm not saying that she's not a good Christian person, but I just don't feel like she's at that level that she can come Mm -hmm. and tell me. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I broke down and I cried probably for an hour or so because I had gotten over, not over it, but I was becoming, I was working through it. Mm -hmm. And then when people come up and say that kind of stuff, it's like, you know, you don't know that. How, how can how can you know something like that? It actually gets people's hopes up. Mm. Without you even you're not, you're not trying to, but then you go home and say, oh maybe they're right. Mm. But if that's not God's will, then the best thing for somebody to say would be, you know what, God's got a plan. Wow, there are some tears flowing in this studio. <laughs> Tell us what it's like to hear where you were ten years ago. Overwhelming. Mm. Very overwhelming. Um, I don't. I don't. I don't know. I got to process this for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> it it really was uh, at that time. We were still very new and had not really even started the journey that has been the ten years. So, hearing that part of it was kind of our before, mm-hmm. not what we experienced the last. 10, 11 years, because we'll almost, it's almost 21 years of marriage now. So, wow. so it's been almost 11 years. So God was opening your heart to adoption. And now you have been in this adoption world for over 10 years. So we'll get into how many children and God has brought to you and all of that in a little bit. But Amy, if you can kind of go back and um, reimagine some of these conversations, there were some people in your life at that time that it sounds like were trying to be encouraging, but maybe it was not helpful. Um, talk about that. What what did that feel like, and what advice you know do you give to people about what not to say to couples struggling with infertility? Um, I had that happen to me several times. Several people actually came up to me and was like, you know, I don't think you're going to have to adopt. Or, you know, sometimes you might adopt and then you're going to have a baby. Um, I don't think it's a have to adopt. Mm -hmm. You know, I believe that I believe that was God's plan for us all along. Mm. And for somebody to come, like I said in there, I know they meant well. But I think if people would just step back 
and think, how is this going to affect this person when I say this, when they're struggling through this right now? And like I said in that, to say God has a plan, Mm -hmm. because he does. Well, now we look at your life and it's clear that God has had this beautiful story play out. Exactly. But you had no idea at that point how it was going to be resolved. What was God doing in your heart? You talked about being at the altar and that there were some things you were working through. Tell me what was going on. What were you laying down? Oh, that was 10 years ago. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, I think that I had just come to the realization that I can't change anything. Mm. It's not going to be me that does the work. And as long as I am actively trying to take care of it myself instead of laying it down for God to handle, I'm not going to get anywhere. Mm-hmm. And so I can imagine I was probably there. Like I said, it was 10 years ago. I can't be certain. <laughs> I was probably just saying, okay, God, you know, this. I've got to give this to you because mm-hmm. I, can't, I can't take it anymore. Because the desire to have a biological child was— like you have had that almost your whole life. <laughs> Absolutely. I think I was born wanting to be a mom. <laughs> yeah, I remember in the interview you said that you had hoped that you'd have a honeymoon baby. So you yeah, were hoping absolutely. from the beginning for absolutely. Um, I don't think Adam wanted kids that soon, <laughs> but I, I did. Like, I mean, that mm. was just my desire. My desire to be a mom was so strong, mm. you know. And when it didn't happen, I mean, I was devastated. Mm-hmm. And everybody knew knew me that knew me knew how important that was to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't think that they quite understood that what they were saying was causing more harm than good. Yes. Because you, know? you want to be working with what God is doing in somebody's life right. and not against. Just this Sunday, I was worshiping the Lord and I was just, my eyes, I was bawling. And it was the first time that I was able to actually mean it. And I thanked him for allowing me to struggle with infertility because of what I've seen that it's produced in my life. And I think it's so easy for us to have sometimes little idols, like making motherhood, biological motherhood an idol, you know, and God was tearing down these things and developing a new dependency on him. And I was truly able to see God knows what's best for me. And he knew that I needed that. And I can't imagine while I was struggling with all of that, if someone had come up to me and, you know, maybe had some confusing, confusing things that's like, oh, no, you you know, it is going to work out this way. Adam, do you have anything you want to add to this? Well, I I think that the the reason for that time period was because uh, family members were getting pregnant Mm -hmm. and uh, so she there was a lot of pregnancies in in the family and she was struggling with not being pregnant right. during that time so well there's another clip i want to play for you and if you're just joining the show this is a clip of adam and amy's testimony from 10 years ago on their journey to build a, a family so let's go ahead and roll clip 2 then the other person um, is actually my brother's pastor's wife and she i'd gotten i'd gotten her to pray with me about it you know and and when we were out there, she called me before I left to come back home and said, you know, God keeps bringing Hannah to my mind about you, you know, and, and that, you know, you're going to have a son. But Adam and I, in our minds, think, is that a natural son? Right. Or is that that we are going to have a, a son in our family? Mm. You know, I mean, it's, it's one of those things that I'm, un, I'm unclear about because I really believe that God has called us to adoption, mm. but I don't know if that means that, if we adopt, we'll have a kid. Because, mm-hmm. you know, so many people have told me, oh, once you adopt, you know, you're, you're going to get pregnant. And, and I, if, I mean, if I had a dollar for every time somebody said that to me, mm-hmm. I would be rich. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I, I don't know. 
So you didn't know back then what that meant, but do you have any ideas now what um, that word from the Lord that about you having a son might have meant? I know that you didn't want to talk about how many kids we have. Go ahead. Now's the time. Tell us. We have five kids. <laughs> One of those is a boy. Mm. Um, and if I were ever to say. And he was your first. He was my first. Absolutely. And, you know, they say that Satan attacks mm. the ones that God that God truly called. And believe me, our son has been attacked. Mm. It's a daily attack for him. I truly believe that that God has a strong calling on his life that he just hasn't accepted yet. Mm. And so I don't believe that it was supposed to be a biological. Mm -hmm. This was God's plan all along. What's his name? Alex. All right. So tell us about how God brought Alex into your life. Um, It's actually kind of funny because uh, when we were going through the foster care system, you know, they, they give placements or they give potential placements and they, they set you up and, and allow you to meet some potential matches. And we were uh, presented with Alex. Uh, he was not Alex at the time, but we were presented with Alex. Uh, was it three times that we said no? Two or three times, yeah. Two or three times we actually mm-hmm. said no. And mm-hmm. then... It was like, I was like, no, this is the one we, we want you to have. Uh, you know, you're going to have Alex. And so we finally said, okay. Uh, and then uh, we were told his siblings would not ever be a part of the family because one was still in the biological home and one was in a long-term uh, foster care that would was going to adopt her if – if it ever went to adoption. Mm-hmm. And just to clarify, when you say he was not Alex at the time, you, uh, <laughs> go ahead, what does that mean? <laughs> uh, he he was actually, we changed our uh, first three, actually first four children's uh, names once they were adopted. Alex chose to have his name changed because mm-hmm. he wanted a new life, wanted a, a fresh start, mm-hmm. se- separation. So he wanted everything new. Mm-hmm. And so then we kind of, uh, not really coerced, but his youngest sister, we just kind of told her that yeah. we were changing her Well, she was two and a half. Yeah, yeah. she was. <laughs> I mean. uh, and so we actually kind of transitioned her because we started calling her Bug first mm. before so that we could get used to that. And then when we transitioned her name, she would never – and she really doesn't recognize her her birth name right. as, as – she now does her. So the names of your children and ages, I'm going to look at Amy because that's probably a, a better mom question <laughs> if she can break oh. that down for us. We have Alex. He's 16. We have Anna. She's 14. We have Addie. She's 10. We have Allie. She's 5. And Ava is 3. And if you've noticed a, a, a common theme, that we, they call themselves the A squad, right? Yes. <laughs> I absolutely love that. So 10 years ago, you had none of them. Are they um, two different sibling sets? They are. Is that right? Uh, the three okay. older are biological siblings and the two younger are biolo- biological siblings. And to go back to the reason that we, we chose, didn't choose Alex, is because we had it in our mind that God had us a plan for a sibling group. Mm. And so to just have Alex, that was going against what, what you thought what we God thought. had for you. Yeah. But then we ended up getting his two sisters and had that sibling group anyways. <laughs> had we just listened to God, then... It wouldn't have had to wait as long. Hindsight's twenty twenty, huh? Right. <laughs> to see and, now. and they had never lived together. Wow. The three of them had never lived together. So what an opportunity for them to 
to be together as siblings. Okay, well, I have another clip that I want to play because um, flash forward to Adam having five children, but you did not <laughs> always feel quite as open as you do now about this um, idea of adoption. So let's go ahead and play clip three. Um, Adam, on the other hand, was completely against it. Really? Yeah. Oh, completely. He said, I don't think I could ever love a child that was not my own. It was not blood, you know. Mm. He said, I feel like that if we ever had a child that was biological after that, you would be able to tell the difference between the adopted and the biological child. And, I mean, I, I lay in bed because even after we found that we couldn't have kids, he still wasn't ready to, to pursue adoption. He was just, no. And uh, I remember laying in bed several nights just crying saying you know well god i mean i'm out of options right. you know if i can't have one naturally and i can't adopt what other choice is there you know and um i think the the first turnaround for adam was he was listening to i want to say it was focused on the family and they had brought up something about adopting you know he said and for some for some reason that day it just just really resonated in him and really stuck and from that point on, it was if I talked about it, it was a lot easier. Hmm. He didn't get mad. He didn't get frustrated, you know. And I don't, I don't know what point he was just completely okay with it. But at first, it was really hard. Mm-hmm. Really hard. Hmm. Yeah, well. <laughs> <laughs> again, again, the tears again, are flowing. Yeah. Uh, hmm. it, it, that focus on the family broadcast, I wish I could remember the exact date. But uh, it was uh, a focus on the family talking about adoption and it just kind of pricked my heart and mm. uh it just it softened me really to to adoption and so uh that's when it changed and I don't know I don't know if it was a process so much or if it was just almost a complete turnaround Amy mm. says it was a process so <laughs> it was definitely a process even still so, so Amy, that was this was ten years ago, and God was just starting the process. But let's flash forward to now, when you hear Adam say, you know, or you think back to him saying that he could never love a child that was not biologically his, like it like it was his own. Um, what do you see in Adam as a father now? I don't think that I could have asked for a, a better husband that could be a better father to my children. Hmm. Um, I mean, I don't think that he could love them. I know he couldn't love them anymore if they were biological. Those little girls have him wrapped <laughs> tight. Every one of them. <laughs> so, I mean, he, he's just a big teddy bear with them. How do you think God brought that process about in his heart? And obviously you were praying a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, well, I mean, like I mentioned earlier, I don't feel like that, that biologically was what God planned for us. And so I believe that it just he took that opportunity to mm-hmm. prick Adam's heart say okay this is it's time mm-hmm. you know it's time for us to move forward in this process but i think that adam had to go through all those things in his brain and in his heart before god could prick his heart he mm-hmm. had to he had to feel those feelings he had to go through those things i think that it needed to be a difficult process for him in order for him to cherish and be the father that he is now mm, amen you mentioned something and i'm not going to play this last clip i'm just going to summarize it but um, that the, the lady who came up to you and said, I don't think you're going to have to adopt. And you said, um, it, it, you said, I don't feel like I have to adopt. And that's, um, that's almost saying, what are you going to think of the, the children that I have if you think that I had to adopt them? Right. Um, so wh- what this brings out, and I'm, I'd like to talk about this for a minute, 
Um, now that you have adopted, I think one of the concerns that people have when they're trying to let go of biological children and God's trying to move them to adoption is they think of it like someone who gives you a, a Christmas or a birthday present who doesn't know you well and you open it up and it's not what you wanted and your mom looks over at you and is like you better smile because grandma gave you that ugly sweater and you go oh grandma's watching and you put on that fake smile and yeah but you're faking it and so I know for me I have struggled with thinking if the Lord leads me to have to not have a biological child but to adopt Will it feel the same? Will it still fulfill the desires that I had? Am I am I going to have to have this fake sense of joy? And so now here you guys are on the other side of it. Um, Ten years later, do you feel like you've had to fake the joy? Not at all. No. Mm. Not at all. There, there's, <laughs> there's not been a moment of of faking. Um, from the moment that our first son, or our son Alex, came into our home, it was, I mean, he was ours. Mm. I mean, it was a fit. I mean, like it's... And it's been that way with every one of our children. It's it's just it's been a fit, you know. Mm. I mean, it was like they're where they're supposed to be. They're in they're in their they're in their home. So there was a time and a season of transition in your heart where God was preparing Adam. God was allowing you to say, okay, maybe I won't feel that belly kicks inside my own belly. But yet now that you're on the other side of it, you're filled with so much fulfillment and joy. You can't imagine looking back. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, I'm not going to say that there's not still that 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 tiny desire mm-hmm. to it to be able to experience pregnancy. Mm-hmm. But then I look and I think, but if I had of, would I have the children that I have now? Mm-hmm. And if I have to choose, then I'm, I'm going to choose the adoption full force because those are right. my kids. Right. Those are my babies, you know, and if anybody ever tried to tell me differently, um, they might have a fight on their hands. Mm. Now, that's not to say that adoption doesn't come with its own set of challenges. Absolutely. <laughs> what Absolutely. would you say has been the number one challenge of adoption and how has God used it in your life? Well, I think through fostering the... The hardest part and the challenge that's been to overcome is that they did not have stability mm-hmm. and uh, keeping them – I can't, I can't think of the best way of putting it, but reassuring them that they are in a stable home now mm-hmm. because in foster care, they're, they think they're fine and then they just get picked up and they go to somebody else's home or mm-hmm. whatever and – uh, that's a very traumatic time for them, yes. uh, and it's something that when you are quote unquote rescuing somebody mm-hmm. from foster care or whatever, that's not something you think about. Mm-hmm. But it also is something that is real, and there's still some challenges. Uh, even though all of our kids now feel. Uh, secure. It's mm-hmm. been what's almost well, not six years, but over five years since mm-hmm. they were fully adopted on the for the first three. But still, the security of stableness mm-hmm. sometimes can can still creep up. How about you? Honey? I agree. And and something that I thought of when he was saying that is they don't feel like they're being rescued. Mm. They no. don't feel like that it's, oh, you're rescuing me. They feel like you you're are taking ripping me them. Away. Mm. You're ripping them away from what they've, they've even even if they've only been in that home for a short time, you're taking me away from what I what I knew, you mm-hmm. know. Um, I know that one of our children, 
it struggled with us taking them away from their mom. Mm. You know, like like that's where I'm supposed to be. And for a long time, that was that that kind of resentment. Yeah, um, I think it's just been recently in the last couple of years that they've come to terms with it and realized. You know, that's not what they were doing at all. And what has that taught you through that process about God adopting us and his His eternal love? Um, I'm glad he's a patient God. <laughs> <laughs> because sometimes it was hard for us to be patient through it mm-hmm. all. Um, I think we really struggled with feeling like, did we really make the right decision? Mm-hmm. You know, um, but through it all, I really feel like that God had a plan and Amen. this was his plan. And, and I think they're seeing it too. Mm. We as humans still mess stuff up, but it's still it was still his plan. Mm. So I mean, that's just we're we're not perfect. We're not somebody that we put on a pedestal or anything like that. We're we're just trying to uh, go through the daily struggles that anybody else would go through. And some people say, well, it's a little worse with with uh, having adopted children. I don't think so. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's there are some challenges that are. It's different, but, but yeah, it's different. But it's but we still have a lot of the same teenage things or whatever. So, well, um, Amy, we're about out of time, but I'd like to have you pray for anyone listening who God might be redirecting their dreams. If anyone's listening right now, would you just pray a short prayer for us? Yeah. Lord, I ask that you would. Um, Help each person that's going through those issues, Lord. Help them to realize that it's okay, God, if you redirect them to a different path, that the love will still be there no matter what. Or give them strength and peace to know that you're there. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Adam, Amy, we're going to have you back for sure. But everyone, thank you for listening to Hannah's Heart on American Family Radio.